So Blair, did you know that the Buckeye Bourbon House was located in a historic building? No. Well, the Buckeye Savings Loan was established in like 1895 in Columbus, and then they went to this new location where they are now in 1926. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a beautiful old bank building. It's been restored, and it's on the National Historic Register. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's a beautiful event space, and of course, an amazing bar. That I knew. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Chris Cruchetta and Lanessa Jones, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for coming. So, uh, Becca Bourbon House, you got a lot of bourbons on your shelf. A little bit. Yeah. You also have great cocktails. Thank you. Um, we were just there this past weekend for our cocktail tour, and you guys won fan favorite with uh, the Voodoo cocktail, yes. which was amazing. So, so was that your creation, Lanessa? Or? Yeah. Um, I kind of want to do something with cognac um, because I feel like it's one of those spirits that's kind of forgotten. Um, or I feel like maybe like 20 years ago it was drank by like, you know, a 70, 80 plus year old man, but um, it's such a good cocktail and it pairs amazing with banana, which I love and put the two together, put a little burlade banana on there. Who's not gonna like it? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really delicious. So how do, how do you guys create your cocktails? Is it a collaborative effort or how does that work? Yeah, every single time. Um, Chris will tell you, I kind of count on my bartenders to do the bulk of the work. <laughs> I just get to taste them all. That's it. Nice. Yeah. So, Chris, what's your favorite cocktail? Do you have one? My favorite cocktail ever? Or for the season? For the season. Or for the week? For the week. <laughs> for the week. Or today. For, yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> or today. So, we actually did a cocktail. We were going to on a cocktail yesterday, and we switched out the bourbon to Uncle Nearest. And mm-hmm. for some Love reason, it. it was the Uncle Nearest, like, Big Jam, what else? Um, Luxardo, um, Orange Bitters. Yeah, oh, but it I'm was sorry, beautiful. Black Walnut Bitters. Black Walnut Bitters. Mm. But so we made it the first time. And it, it was, it's always been like a good cocktail, but using the Uncle Nearest just made it perfect. It was, mm. it was different. It blew my mind. But that's my favorite <laughs> right now. Did you name it yet? No. How does that work? How are you going to figure out a name? Well, we usually spitball like, a hundred or so names, and then the last will come out of nowhere and just have one perfect name, just one try. So mm. if we don't come up with one better, then she'll usually have our back soon. So I feel like you should uh, name it something that has to do with the history of Uncle Nearest, which is super interesting it's and amazing. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, um, so I feel like you could come up with something cool. Oh, yeah, exactly. I just love the, the story behind it, and I think it was time for someone to tell it. And so it's amazing. we definitely have to support that. Um, it's I been a, a long time coming, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a serious girl crush on Fawn Weaver and oh, gosh, Sherry yes. Moore at Uncle Nearest. Yeah, amazing. They're amazing. Like, I'm just so happy she went out of her way to make sure that that story got told. And yeah. people really got to appreciate the history of Tennessee whiskey. Because I mean, any if you I mean if you in order to be Tennessee whiskey, you have to follow what Uncle Nearest did, and a lot of people had no idea who he was this whole right. time. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, 
It's amazing. Yeah, it's insane. So, so you're a, bur- a Buckeye bourbon house, so bourbon forward, <laughs> but you have other spirits, right? You don't, all your cocktails aren't bourbon based, are they? No, we carry everything. And that's kind of what we want to make sure our guests know is that you can get your gin, your tequila, your vodka, your scotch, your Tennessee whiskeys. You can get everything at Buckeye Bourbon House. We just specialize in bourbon and that's what we do best. But we also want to make sure that the gin drinker has a cocktail they can drink. The tequila drinker has a cocktail they can drink Um, because not everybody loves bourbon. Right. So, I mean, I don't know why they do Right. It's weird. There's I know. Some it's so weird. <laughs> do, you know, do you know off the top of your head how much, how many different bottles of bourbon you have? Last yeah. time I counted, it was 171. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So you That's have like everything Ohio. that you can yeah, get. Huge. Everything, yeah. As much Very as Gersif cool. will give me. <laughs> Love you, Gersif. <laughs> we do too. He's, he's pretty friendly, though. Yeah, he is. So, Chris, how long have you been a bartender? I've been bartending since, I think it's 2017. Okay. Do you enjoy it? Oh, I love it. I meet, like, everybody, and then we're in a hotel, so I feel like that bronze on our horizon, like, so much more because it's everybody from around the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the stories that they tell, and I'm just there, and, like, they're talking to me like they've known me forever, and it's, it's just a good feeling, and then, like, they usually leave happy, and then that's my favorite part. Nice. But after a couple, they probably think they have. <laughs> <laughs> so, any stories stand out to you? Or what's the what's the most interesting person you've ever met at your bar? Interesting person. There was a theater conductor in recently, and he was every night that he was in, he would tell me stories about how he went to Australia and did uh, conducted a play, and then. He went to like Iraq and did a play and went to Europe and just everywhere, Canada. And then finally he was getting to here and then he was just sitting in our bar like this guy that's been all over the world having Mm -hmm. bourbon with us. That's pretty cool. It's interesting how people sit at a bar and it's so relaxing. And of course you loosen up when you have a cocktail and then Mm -hmm. they start talking to your bartender and just spilling Spilling everything, Spilling right? Everything. right. <laughs> All the secrets. That's why yeah. we wanted to start this podcast because we were like, you know, dark tenders have to have the best stories oh. ever. Exactly. Yeah. It gets a little wild sometimes. It does. <laughs> it does. I think that's why people stick with it for so long. Even those people who have their nine to fives and their careers always keep bartending as a side job because it is so different. It gets you out of that like normal groove of your nine to five and mm-hmm. you meet someone different. It's different every day. It's exciting. Um, it's stressful. It's chaotic at the same time. And I think that, that you know, that excitement every day keeps people around and it's good money. I mean, sure. it really is. Right. So um, I think it's just something that people genuinely enjoy is the presence of other people. Mm-hmm. And speaking to other people, adult interaction, mm-hmm. and chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, who doesn't love that? So I think that's <laughs> the the beauty of bartending for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Did you start your career at Buckeye Bourbon House, Chris? Yes. Well, there was I was bartending at an Applebee's once upon a time ago. I didn't that know that. Count. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know no, that. But <laughs> that wasn't on his resume. I'm just yeah. No, that was off the sake of just being of not being stuck in one position. I always wanted to like move higher and then like at that point I was serving and the bartender was 
like to me like the best person in there so i wanted to be that but at buckeye bourbon house i actually started as a valet before the bar opened no kidding yeah um and it's funny because when i signed up to valet i had been looking for a bartending job downtown for a couple months and it just seemed like it just wasn't happening so i got into valeting and i didn't even know buckeye bourbon house was opening and then as soon as they opened it was like incredibly understaffed and like they were so busy and was it was jessica osage do you well she was one of the employees there and i was like hey do they need more people and she was like yeah send me your resume and so i sent it to her they got me in as a bar back and eventually i just worked my way around to getting behind the bar nice and you fell in love with making cocktails obviously yeah. oh for sure yeah. So, Vanessa, what's your background? Um, the restaurant industry, like all through college, went to the University of Cincinnati, um, studied economics, um, bartended my whole time in college when I was 21, of course. <laughs> um, and then I also interned with a marketing company because that's kind of what I wanted to parlay my career into. And so I bartended, interned, went to college, and six weeks before I was set to graduate, the office that I was interning at shut down and the only position was in Kansas City, Missouri. And I wasn't ready to part with Ohio at the time. So I was like, screw it, I'll just stay in the, you know, the restaurant industry. And I worked for the Marriott, bartended some more, um, worked at nightclubs, um, got into management. And then I just knew there was no going back after that. Um, mm -hmm. Shortly after my first management position, I got promoted to sous chef and then executive chef and then GM and then kind of just, you know, kept on going from there. And Did you learn to cook on your own too? Or was yes. that part of, yes. Yeah. So huh. that was like self-trained. Um, I actually worked at a small restaurant in Glendale, Ohio, uh, mom and pop, um, American fine dining. And it was severely understaffed a lot too, especially in the kitchen. The kitchen was probably half the size of this room. And so I would just watch them and I would just be like, hey, you guys clearly need help. Like, show me what I can actually do. And I go back there and help them like, you know, sear a scallop or put sauce grenades on a steak or something like that. And it just took off from there. Wow. You're the GM, right? So I'm the director of food and beverage. So I do both beverage. aspects, the food part and the beverage part. Okay. Which is home for me. Definitely home. And then you left Ohio for Nashville? Yes, I did twice. Um, the first time I opened up a Greek restaurant. Um, so I went down there for a while, trained, helped the restaurant down there, moved back to Ohio, opened that restaurant. Um, then I got recruited by the Boca Group, which owns Nada, Boca, Soto. Okay. Which is a company I had wanted to work for the whole time I was in Cincinnati. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. um, Worked at the NADA in Cincinnati and then got asked to open the NADA in Nashville. And I lived there for about a year and then came back home to Columbus after 15 years. So what's it like working for a hotel as opposed to a mom and pop or a just a, a regular restaurant? Is it any different working at a hotel chain? Oh, absolutely. Um, the expectations are different, I think, sometimes. Um, so your mom and pop, you solely rely on your return Regulars. Yeah, your regulars, your locals. Hotels, a lot of times, like if you're busy in the hotel with tourists, you're going to be busy in the bar. Mm -hmm. So you don't really, I guess, necessarily rely on your regulars as often. But 
your regulars are the ones that keep your business going. Right. So it's that balance, like, okay, we're going to be busy in the hotel, but we also need to, like, make sure our locals come back because they're the bread and butter of this business. Sure. So it's it's really just, it's different because you have to, like, know who you're waiting on mm-hmm. because your tourist and your person who's there for, like, a night, they're going to act a lot differently than the person who lives down the street. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the expectations are a little different in that aspect. Okay. I think that, you know, people are saying the hotel usually come. They're there to have fun and turn up. And they're going to walk back up to the room and call it a night. Where, you know what I mean? Your local is like yeah. they're walking from their condo or their apartment. And they want to have a couple of drinks. They want to talk to you. They really want to get to know you. And they want to find a home bar, too. And so you just have those two very different experiences with your guests. Right. I get that. I act yeah. like a fool yeah. when I'm out of town, too. Yeah, so do I. Everybody does. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you can just walk to your room. <laughs> so what's it like being in this industry and being a new mom? You're a new mom, right? Yes. I have a four-month-old. It is interesting. It's different. Um, you don't have nearly as much time as you used to. Yeah. Um, and it's really just finding that balance because I feel like in this industry, you become a workaholic very, very, very easily. Um, you find yourself committing 10 to 12 hour shifts a day. Um, and when you have a baby, you can't do that. So it's finding that balance. It's working from home. It's, you know, nursing your baby in one arm and typing up a menu on the other arm. Um, and luckily I have a really good team and they understand. And um, the GM of the hotel is very understanding. He has a new baby too, so it worked out perfect. Nice. Um, but yeah, we just it's it's a balance for sure. You just can't do the things you used to do and yeah. You have you have to make it work. Well, so it's funny that you say that about your your staff and coworkers because Blair made an observation at the uh, cocktail competition that you guys were recently participating in and after the competition was over, actually, I think you took a video of it, didn't you? I did. You guys were all dancing and having <laughs> fun. And there were like five of you, three or four, no, four or five of your mm-hmm. staff who were there. Yep. The DJ kind of changed the music, and all of a sudden, your entire group was dancing <laughs> to it. Sounds about right. And, and Blair was <laughs> like, it's so nice to see a group of people who work together have so much fun together. They actually enjoy being together yeah. and hanging out. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we do a lot together. I mean, we go on all these tours and stuff. And I know the last time we went to New Riff, it was like five of us in one car and then the rest of us <laughs> in the other car. Mm-hmm. And we were just blasting music and just having a good time. That's how it usually is. Yeah, I think it's important. Like... That's who you work. You spend more time with your coworkers than your family a lot of times. Right. If you don't have that camaraderie and um, just that family aspect, like it can get ugly sometimes, especially when there's stress involved and Mm -hmm. alcohol involved and Mm -hmm. all those other things. It can get crazy. So I just think it's important to spend time together and get to know each other. Sure. Um, You know, it's all about being a pleasure to work with. And I never want one of my team members to be the person that no one wants to work with. And I think that that's part of spending time together. You have to get to know each other. Well, I have to say more than once I've seen you at the bar. Well, not at the bar, but sitting next to the bar with your baby. Yes. I I don't think I've ever seen a bar manager do that before. Yes. Yes. It's been more than on one occasion that we've seen you with your baby at the bar. Yes. She spends time up there and, 
I mean, I think she likes it. When I was pregnant, I, <laughs> I know she does. She literally she sits there and hangs out and watches everybody. And she really does. And she'll fall asleep for like an hour and then wake back up. But I was I mean, pregnant really, when I was mm-hmm. bartending with them and I worked there. And I feel like she's just used to it. She knows like that's my second home. And <laughs> she's going to be the best bartender ever when she turns yeah. 21. But also, well, like, they were a huge part of my pregnancy. Um, and I think it's really important that they're just as close with me and my family as, you know, I am with them every day. Um, and Avery loves them. That's my daughter, but <laughs> they all hold her and hang out with her. So well, I hope your yeah. bosses appreciate your dedication to your job because yeah, absolutely. it's amazing. They're very lucky to have you. Thank you. All right. So I think this would be a good time to stop and make a cocktail. What are you guys going to make for us tonight? This is our take on a Negroni. It's, Three quarters lemon petal, three quarters doers, 0.5 Luxardo, and 0.5 sweet vermouth with three dashes of orange bitters served up. Stir it up and serve it yeah. up. Oh, it sounds amazing. All right, let's, uh, let's do it. And we are back with the Slang Baroni, right? Did I say that right? Yes. Slang Baroni. Because Slang Bar is the Cheers in Scotland. Yeah, it's like their version of Cheers. And this is a riff on a Negroni, so hence the name Slang Baroni. I like it. Thanks. I like the flow. Thank you. All, All right. right. So cheers, everyone. Slang Bar. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's yeah. That's delicious. Good. Thank you. So, Blair, the Negroni is one of your faves. So, what do you think about this? I don't know that I would consider it a Negroni, mm-hmm. but it is definitely a variation on a Negroni. And it, I, I like it. Thank I you. like the, the orange off the top is fantastic. But the mix of gin with the scotch, I didn't know what to expect. And it's really, really nice. Very smooth, very good, very well balanced. I'm curious to know why you chose the spirits that you did. So why them and Petal for the gin? Um, Well, them and Petal is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is Ohio based, of course. Um, We just love it. Um, I think it's true to gin, and we kind of wanted that. Um, And then Dewar's is, I feel like, a pretty easy going scotch. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's easy to mix with mm-hmm. um it's not like before what's so peaty that it's kind of that's all right. you get right um so we wanted something that we could blend with gin um i don't know i just so it's interesting that you you chose vim petal because there is something about well vim petals made with 18 different botanicals mm-hmm. and there's something about the botanicals in that gin that make the Negroni less bitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't like Negronis because of the bitterness, but there's something about the Vim Petal that makes it not as bitter. It like really pairs well with the other ingredients and the yeah the scotch. Yeah, I, I normally don't like scotch, but it tastes really good in it, this cocktail. It's completely mellowed here. You're not getting smoke or peat. It's just the whiskey. Yes. And that's kind of what we wanted because whiskey... Regular whiskey was made it too sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so scotch I was can see that. Yeah. exactly what we needed. Well, especially since you have Luxardo in there as well. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then um, 
You garnished it with an orange peel. There, that's a, that was a good orange because there's a ton of oil on the I know. Oh, I was yeah. like, this is beautiful. It is beautiful. Well done. All right. Now it's time for our favorite part of the podcast. Stories. Tell us your stories. Stories. <laughs> All right. I know you have some stories, Chris. Let's you see. have Buckeye, a lot of Buckeye Bourbon House stories, so those are the good ones. I do, but one of the best ones would be like... You want me to go first? You go first. Well, I think she obviously has a story ready to go. <laughs> well, well, obviously being in Nashville, I don't have as many Buckeye Bourbon House stories because I was there for two months, went on bed rest because I was pregnant, had a baby, and then came back. And nothing crazy has happened since I've been <laughs> back, which is good, but... Yeah. Um, being in Nashville, we got to actually film an episode of, the Chris, of Chrisley Knows Best. I don't know if you guys oh, are wow. familiar with that. Yeah. That was the most stressful day in my restaurant career by far. It was like the most stressful day because it's not really a reality show. It's because of the filming or because of him? Because of the filming. He was <laughs> Honestly, he was great. It was okay. the producers and the directors and the people with the lighting. And you had to sign a bunch of papers. And you had regulars and they wanted certain food. And then the... They weren't ready for the food, so we had to throw the food away and make it again. And we had to film them coming in six times because it didn't look right. It was literally the most chaotic thing ever. So it's totally scripted? Is that what you're saying? 100%. Oh, wow. Like, 100%. (laughs) It was sheer chaos the whole time. If if you couldn't tell already. (laughs) Yes, I don't think we've ever watched. I think we've watched little bits of it, but never really Oh, my goodness. Not something I would get into. Yeah, it's it was... Kind of crazy. And then just being in Nashville, we had bachelorette parties nonstop. I remember one time I was walking from the bar and we had this long like communal table in the um, main dining room and there was a bachelorette party there. And I look over and there's a girl under the table literally shotgunning a tall boy Miller Lite under the table in the middle of the restaurant. That's classy. I was like, wow, <laughs> it's only six o'clock. <laughs> was, was she the bride or one of the no, she was No, she was one of her like girls okay. with her. She okay. was not the bride. A lot of times the brides are so stressed out, they don't really have a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. their friends that are like the ones that are wasted and acting a fool. <laughs> and they ruin it for everybody. But yeah, there's, there's some crazy things. They're fun though. Bachelorette parties? No. Well, oh. I would, I'm, thinking like, <laughs> I I'm thinking like wedding groups oh. in general. Because that's what we always get at Bourbon House super late. And oh, so yeah. we get them at their like the peak of their drunkenness. <laughs> yes. It's right before they go up to their rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had one on a Sunday and they finished up around like 11 45 and then we used to close on at 12. But so they came in and it had been slow all day, so the bride's father asked me if I would stay open until two for them, and I like I did. I, it was only Sunday, and it was whatever. So I stayed, and it was like eighty of them. So oh man, yeah, I was sweating a, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I was sweating a little bit, but they were all pretty friendly and stuff, and they knew that like we weren't even technically open at the time. But their tab at the end of the night was like six seventy five, and. That's exactly what they tipped me to. Wow. Oh. That's a good, good yeah. night. $6.75? No. <laughs> $675. I'm just kidding. No. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, bars are kind of crazy. Um, I have a really crazy story. When I first worked for Marriott in Westchester, 
Um, I was actually cocktailing at the time, and there was an older gentleman at the bar. You could tell he was distraught, but he was there with a group from uh, GE, and they were going to a Reds game, and he didn't want to go, and he was fighting with his boss, and his boss came up, and they were yelling at each other, and he was like, I'm not going to the Reds game, blah, blah, blah. I don't know why. But his boss was like, okay, put in your resignation. And the guy was like, no, you have to fire me. I'm not going to quit. And everybody else went to the Reds game except for this one gentleman. And he stayed behind and he drank at the bar for at least two more hours afterwards. He was drinking wine. Um, and he was talking to other guests. And he was talking about how he had a gun in his car. And he was really mad. He was going to kill his boss. And so I immediately was like, okay, this is not good. I told the bartender, I was like, I would just be careful serving him because he's clearly upset. Um, and so I told the GM of the hotel what was going on. The guest eventually went back to his room um, after a couple of hours. I think at this point he had had maybe close to three bottles of wine. Oh. Yeah, he drank quite a bit. Um, and we're just sitting up there having a good time. And he comes back down and sits in the middle of the lobby at this chair that's facing the sliding doors to the main entrance. And I was like, oh, God, like, what is this guy about to do? I'm just like on high alert at this point. I was like, I don't have a good feeling about this. And no lie, the van that pulls up with the rest of his coworkers from the Reds game, the double doors open and he goes sprinting out and just attacks his boss. Oh my God. Literally, this guy's like 60 something at oh least. Goodness. And I was like, what is happening? And so my assistant GM goes out, he punches her in the face. <gasps> I was like, oh, my God. And then the front desk manager goes out and punches him in the ear. So they're all like, Jeez. oh, my God. Yeah, so they're all like crazy. So then the guy gets in his rental car that he rented because he's from Alabama. And the, drunk, the guy that just the drunk guy, oh my the God. drunk guy gets in his car, his rental car and takes off. And so, of course, we call the police. The police go after him. He take he takes the police on a high speed chase around 275 in Cincinnati. <laughs> Jeez. So they finally stop him in Mason, Ohio, with the strips. Yeah. yeah. And he gets out of the car, takes off running, and they let the canine loose. And the canine eventually gets him. They had a loaded gun in his car. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. He was a black belt in I forget, some kind of martial arts. And he was six months from retirement. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was crazy. I had to write this huge, like, letter, like, to the police and... They summoned me to court, and it was it was probably the craziest day. So you had to go testify? And Luckily, they um, settled out of court, and I don't know what they settled on, but I didn't have to eventually. I didn't have to go, but the plan was for me to go. They told me I was going to have to go. Wow. But, yeah. It was, That's bananas. You just never know about people these hmm. days. No. Hotels are the craziest, too. They are, but we don't get too many of, like, that kind of crazy. No. A bourbon house. I think... More recently, I had one person like super drunk one night, and when he started like talking gibberish, is when I was like, "We should probably go upstairs now." <laughs> and he's like, "No, my friend is in the bar." And I'm like, "Who's your friend?" He's like, "Alex is my friend." And I'm like, "Where's Alex?" And then we turn around, and there's nobody in the bar. And I'm like, <laughs> "We have to go find your room." So we, I found out his room number. It was like he was like on the fifth floor or something, but like arm around my shoulder i had to like help him to the elevator and then i'm like this isn't far enough like let's go all the way up there <laughs> and yeah he, he did make it though to his room 
Oh, you're was, a nice Was guy. his friend Alex waiting for him? <laughs> no. <laughs> his friend Alex was not waiting for Alex him. Alex was his imaginary friend. Oh, my that goodness. That only comes out when he's drunk. <laughs> That's insane. At least he has company while he's drinking. Yeah. Yeah, you I think hotels are different because people are out of town, and they're not usually with their families a lot of times. They're away from their spouse mm-hmm. and their kids, and it's like, Jekyll and Hyde, <laughs> and they drink way more than they normally yeah. do, and they just kind of go crazy. Plus, they're at home already, like inside of the hotel. Yeah, and like I mean, I've seen people like take beer bottles and smash them on the bar, and I mean, just ridiculous stuff. And it's usually on the company dime. I'm like, you're gonna lose your job over this? Like, don't do that. We've but. Had- We've had guys shoot um, Macallan 25. No, it was Boss Hog, right? Boss Hog, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he ordered, what, two shots, and one of them got wasted. And they're like 150 a shot, yeah. but for two ounces. And he went, shot his like it was regular old Jameson, right? Yep. <laughs> and that did not go well for him. He definitely could not handle it. Oh, I, yeah, I remember that day. What right. happened? We just had to, he well, was, he got really hit, hit him really hard. I don't know why. And then he got mad at me. For something, I don't know what I did. I think I was just there. You were just I, standing there. Aaron had to come over. He's like, "Hey, can you calm down? There's other people here." And the guy that he bought the other shot for drinks Bud Light and strictly Bud Light. So he was like, "I'm not taking this shot." And he's like, "You're going to disrespect me." And we're like, "All right, maybe this is enough for you today." Wow. Yeah. Wish I were there. I so, we just, <laughs> so we just took a shot and like split it amongst like four cups, four glasses, and we're like, "Do you guys want to try boss hog? So like, it's paid for. You might as well drink yeah. it." We tried that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. So bars are fun. <laughs> no need to waste it. No, I was like, you guys can have some boss hog. Maybe they're drinking like I don't know, Buffalo Trace. <laughs> Maybe. I was like, here. Right. Isn't it funny how alcohol makes some people really, really nice and then it makes other people really, really mean? Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the psychology is. I wonder what that. it is, too, because it's like some people, you don't even expect what they would turn out to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think there are smart drinkers and dumb drinkers. And I think some people just don't know they're a dumb drinker. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> like. <laughs> well, they like, think they're smart. Like the Latins used to say, vino veritas. So in wine, there's truth. Mm-hmm. So in alcohol, yep. it brings out the true person. Yep. Really? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. And some people say. I'm a good say, drunk, so I'm saying. Yeah, right. You're like, <laughs> this is definitely true. I'm super friendly. <laughs> some people say that different spirits make make them react differently. Like people say, oh, no, I can't drink tequila. It makes me crazy or, or mean right, or whatever. I had tequila one time. Yeah. Tequila is a whole other story. Love tequila. Me too. It's such an underrated spirit. I didn't hate tequila, but I recently started really liking it when we tried, what was it, Alhimador and... The Herradura. The Herradura. The Herradura was amazing. Hmm. Yeah. It's it's a good spirit. Just, it's college. Like, college ruins alcohol for everybody. <laughs> it really does. Like, high school and college. Like, you're drinking Boone's Farm and Mad Dog and then <laughs> Jose Cuervo... What else do you drink? That must be why I love everything. I didn't go to college. Right. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't ruin it for you. But. didn't start drinking until I was 30-something. See? You guys are good then. Yeah. Tequila is definitely underrated. It's an amazing spirit. Amazing. So any other stories you guys want to share with us? Mm. Do I have? Anything you want to tell us about Buckeye Bourbon House? 
Tell us about your happy hour. Do you have one? Yeah, we just changed it to four to seven, Monday through Friday. Um, we have a rotating, weekly rotating um, spirit pour, um, cocktail and food item. Um, we usually try to stick with bourbon, whiskey, scotch. Um, cocktails are usually classic cocktails. So French 75s, Manhattans, Old Fashions, Negronis, etc. And then food item is kind of whatever we come up with. You guys have awesome. really good food for a place that really has no kitchen, right? You don't have much of a kitchen. No, we don't. We have a convection oven and um, a, a, hot plate? a hot plate. Oh, we have a hot plate convection oven, and then what kind is of like it a called? conveyor belt conveyor oven. like oven, like, like a, a toaster, pizza. yeah, pizza oven, like a big pizza. We cook huh. everything and do events out of that kitchen with those three things. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And your food is is really good. Mm -hmm. The uh, most recent cocktail tour was um, flatbreads and crab yeah. cakes, and our guests really, really loved yeah. them. Yeah, crab cakes are my favorite now. And this was the first time I had crab cakes, actually, mm. was at the Bourbon House. I walked into the kitchen, and Shay was making them, and I stopped him, like, what are you cooking? She's like, these are crab cakes. And I was like, I need to try one because it smells delicious. And so I took a piece of hers, and I'm like, I need three <laughs> in between some slider buns and then perfect. And I got a text from you at like 1130 at night. I was already <laughs> asleep having a baby. I'm like, I have to sleep. And it just said crab cakes, exclamation point. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, they were good. I was very surprised that I had been missing out on crab cakes. for. And the only reason we had crab cakes <clears throat> is because one of our distributors dropped off six cans of crab meat mm. by accident. And wouldn't take it back. Oh, wow. And so I love crab cakes. So I was like, I'm going to make some crab cakes. And then yeah. crab cakes. <laughs> well, and it's a good thing to do. It's, it is Lenten season. Exactly. So. When life gives you crab. Exactly. Make crab cakes. So. I mean, that, that might be a different right. subject. <laughs> Nobody wants crabs. No, no. Especially not a crab cake. So you guys uh, competed in our um, our competition last year, the first ever uh, cocktail convention in the state of Ohio, you and you two competed. Um, yes. What did we did we call that anything? We called that the uh, culinary culinary oh, yeah. craft throwdown or culinary cocktail throwdown. Yeah, Is something that like yes. that. I don't I remember so. now. Mm -hmm. Was that your first competition? That was mine. Yeah. That was his. Yes. What did you think? I was nervous at first, but it was like, it was super fun. And then we got to try all these other cocktails too. And to be honest, before that, I didn't really know like just how good everybody is and like all the different things that could like could be made inside of a cocktail. But it, it definitely changed the way I viewed things. And then I met Jesse there who was super great. And he is great. We love him too. Yeah, he's awesome. And his idea, he had like black pepper and stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was just, it who was crazy. That? Yeah, right. yeah, who does that? But it just opened my eyes to so many possibilities that you can do with cocktails. And it, I think it's going to help me grow a lot. And I'm planning on doing at least two this year. He's two competitions? Compete against mm -hmm. me. He went, so oh. Jesse and I do the Espelone competitions. We did right. last year. Right, together. right. Yes. That's where we met the yes. first time. And we're doing it together this year again also. Okay. And so Chris wants his competition this year to be against me and Jesse in the Espelon competition, which I thought nice. this would be fun. So that is the mm -hmm. funnest competition oh, ever. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. 
Wouldn't so. that be great if you won? You could go to Mexico. All yeah, that'd be paid. awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome when I saw the pictures. <laughs> I'm going to be you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all Jesse and I talked about last night. Because we've had, we've had our, like, thing planned since last competition. Nice. So we've just been waiting for the entry mm. deadline to Do come you have up. a teammate yet? I For your tag team? I'm pretty sure I have Jason, one of my fellow bartenders. But he didn't good. like lock it in yet. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're, mm-hmm. he's going to do it with me. Cool. He'll be a good partner. Yeah. Nice. I can't wait. I, I hope you fun. win, Chris. I do too. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I hope he does too. <laughs> you can come to Mexico with me. Yay. I've always Dang, wanted to go there. Me? That would be amazing. Never been. Me either. Me either. <laughs> well, we love Buckeye Bourbon House. And... Um, Listeners, if you haven't been, definitely go. It's a beautiful place. There's games. Um, what's the name of that game that you have in the middle? Shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. We have um, our game there, too. The Bourbon yep. Run board game is there. Um, yeah, it's just, and it's a there's, beautiful historic there's building. There's vertical chess, which I've never vertical seen chess. Yeah. Yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. Have you ever played that? Have you guys uh, I don't it? know how to play chess. I move the Not pieces around a lot. <laughs> do you, you just move the pieces? I do. Because <laughs> it's, <just, laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's kind of like a sculpture. I'm like right? playing against myself over the course of like a week. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> ah. Oh, my goodness. That's so <laughs> funny. I'm it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just kidding, but it, it definitely needs really. to be used more. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Chris, Lanessa, thank you so much for being our guest tonight. Absolutely. We enjoyed it so thank much. You. Listeners, get out us. to Buckeye Bourbon House and yes, have please. some fabulous cocktails and some crab cakes while they last. Yes. yes. And <laughs> right. one of the best selections of bourbon in the city. Yeah, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you so thank much. You. Cheers. Thanks for Cheers. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women in whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers.